It's not another Bills podcast with John Corzilius. That was the first time in my lifetime that I felt like the Bills were actually good. Yeah, it was a long time after that until I felt that feeling again. Then Pat Caprio. Well, to quote Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> what, what better place than here? And, um, you know, what, what better time than now? Brandon Habermas. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, grab your cousins. Grab your friends, grab your mailman, grab your cat meow in their face, grab your dog, grab anybody that'll listen to this bet here. Woof. That's all I have to say after that one. But. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, tough way to lose. But I think they're fine. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to overreact, but um, do you guys want to start at like kind of the end of the game and go backwards with this one because I feel like that's I think the the natural place to start is is was that the right call and I think I know what you guys are going to say Brandon I think I at least I know what you're going to say Pat you're wild card I never know what the hell you're going to say so could be interesting but so so Brandon was it the right call would you do in in Sean McDermott's shoes would you have done that listen man my Twitter bio was risk it for the biscuit for like seven and a half years before I finally changed it Um, I believe The Bills did not stop Tennessee one time in the second half. You have a quarterback that is, he was at the time 13 of 14 on conversions of quarterback sneaks on one yard or less in his career. And the only miss that he had was a botched snap against the Jets. So you need literally two chain links and you have a 6'6", 240 pound quarterback Yes, you go for every single time. 10 out of 10. I don't care what anybody says about overtime. I'm not playing for a coin flip. Um, The way that the offensive line, though, got manhandled on the play was tough. But if you're going to get beat, you get you go with the guy. You dance with the one that brought you. Right. You let your superstar get the ball. And um, the, the best stat that I saw from next gen stats the conversion probability of that play 75 percent. right we saw that this tweet which is higher than that it's more than that if you count whatever 13 out of 14 is for josh and then the win probability is 63 percent if you go for it compared to 42 percent if you kick a field goal and the difference is 21 and a half percent that's a big difference in your probability of winning a game so he made the right call yeah yeah pat do you have any uh do you have any thoughts on that well, I mean, in the moment I was thinking, um, you know, let's kick it. And I told my dad that, and my dad was like, that's disrespect to Josh Allen. How dare you disrespect Josh Allen? <laughs> and um, I mean, in his defense, I I don't think it was going to be, okay, you know, it's overtime bills and, and Titans are trading field goals until something happens. No, the first team to get the ball was going to score if we kicked that field goal. You know what I mean? First team to get the ball in overtime was going to score without a doubt. So... I mean, I get it. You know, you want a, a walk-off win on Monday night after you just had a signature win in Kansas City. I mean, it, w- it would have been nice. And I know you were there and you were probably like watching it. Like, was was that in your end of the end zone that you were at? No, it was on the opposite end of the field, actually. Uh. So it was it was such a de- it was such a delayed reaction for us because it looked like he made the line to gain when he dove. And yeah, it, I mean, I was close enough. You could see clearly that that dude got some air. I mean, it was incredible to see a guy that's that big and weigh that much jump like that and just sell out. And it's like, 
Hey, you got to respect it. I, like, I love that guy. But it looked like he made it. And Mike King. It, I don't know if you guys saw, but the call on the field was a first down, and they radioed down and said he's short. And, I mean, looking at the replay, that that probably was the right call. Did you guys see the replay on the the kickoff return for the touchdown on Isaiah McKenzie's kickoff return? Did that yeah. look like it should have been called, yes. or was it kind of weak? Yes. Yeah, that not nah, that was, a, was hold a, and he had, a He had another hold on a punt. Like Isaiah McKenzie had a nice return, and then, um, yep. yeah. And I like Andre Smith. We talked about him on the show. You know, vegan, um, but you know, entrepreneur. But he had two bad penalties. So I just this really ticks me off in all aspects of sports. Um, when the refing is not consistent throughout the game. So the Bills took a bunch of holding penalties and the Titans had a few penalties, but they missed a lot. Like Jordan Poyer, obviously that video has kind of gone viral where he's getting grab holded around the back of his head. Um, and I just, it, it boils my blood to the point that you have people upstairs radioing in calls now to the field, which is new to this season. And uh, it happened a couple times, but seeing calls be missed like that when they're egregious and they affect big plays i mean man let me tell you i mean also though i i don't blame i you know what if if you can't hold a team to 30 points or less do you even deserve to have that number one defense title or and you know i i, I think about like when marshawn lynch talked about when malcolm butler made that that pick in the super bowl and marshawn was like I felt like I was in one of those Buffalo Wild Wings commercials. I also felt like it was a Buffalo Wild Wings commercial when they they moved the ball. So, you know, on that on that. Yeah, it was. They really had no answers for the Titans' offense for whatever reason. It I don't know if it prevented if it was a matchup nightmare. I mean, it could have been a couple of things. It looked like they were playing a little bit more conservative after Henry broke that run. Those first couple drives, they were shutting them down, and and then after that, it's like they couldn't. They couldn't buy a stop, you know, in, in a critical spot. And yeah, AJ Brown burned them, burned them across the middle so much. Uh, so the exception. So what I think their adjustment was, and I could be totally off on this, but that first throw, AJ Brown is doing a pretty deep in, and Poyer jumps it and gets that pick. Great play. After that, his crosses were much more shallow, and he was perfectly hitting that soft spot between the linebackers and the safeties and it was like clockwork over and over and over again you could see it coming from a mile away like when you could see the whole field i'm sure that's something that's a little bit harder to see on the broadcast which is a different topic for a different day because i think that they should do the madden cam more but anyway that's my personal opinion well you had the madden cam view from your seat basically yeah yeah well, and that's the, it, that, well, yeah, it's like yeah, the L22 yeah. essentially <laughs> yeah but uh it, it's so amazing to watch the route concepts in person just to see the patterning of the field and what the defense and offense sees but you're right with the the play they did they did show a replay on espn of i think the i think it might have been levi wallace if he if he was like six one instead of six foot he probably touches the ball that goes over his head to aj brown because the windows were so small in the zone that we were playing. But Tannehill, he couldn't make the long ones, but as soon as they started to bring those routes in, A.J. Brown was able to to come out of it. And uh, like you said, that adjustment that they made, the Bills were, if you take out the 76-yard touchdown run, Henry averages like 2.8 yards per carry throughout all the rest of his carries. So that was really good. You just got gashed for one major run. But the Titans finally realized, hey, 
we have two basically stud receivers. Why don't we throw the ball? Well, I know in the third quarter, um, as they went on the drive where the infamous um, bounce off the helmet catch did happen. Going into that drive, Ryan Tannehill was 9 for 20 with less than 100 yards passing. And then I think he ended up with 28 attempts. So it would have been seven of his next eight attempts in the game he completed after you know a pretty rough start. And I mean, you lose a game where a guy has a passer rating of 70.4. I mean, I just... I, I don't know. He, he 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 heated up at the right time. I will say that. It was so fluky because it, the game, the run game was so weird. So yards per pass. I'm, I'm going to read this to you right now. Henry had three runs over 10 yards, which was the 76 yarder, 19 yarder and a 13 yarder. He had five runs for zero or negative yards. And then he had 10 runs between one and four yards. So he wasn't turning out these massive gains on first and second down. Uh, they made... The Titans switched their game plan, which is credit to Mike Rabel because he he looked pretty ticked on the sideline. Uh, you know, Mr. Emotion Face just drawing up the game plan to get the miracle, Music City miracle again. Like, he wanted that storyline. He wanted to have an impact in this game, and he did ultimately. But it came down to the Bills not being able to counter with their pass rush. Yeah. Did you guys see, I don't know if uh, you guys caught this, on the opening kickoff, they were trying to do the throwback too. And he faked yeah. it and then ran forward. So they, Even on A.J. Brown's first catch, too, he tried to lateral it back. So they, really? they yeah, had I all didn't the, catch that. that. That would have been a nice play, too, if he would have lateral it back because he had a whole lane up the sideline. I wish people did that in the NFL more. Not going to lie. Every now and then, you know, it, you have a lane. No one expects it. If you just toss it to the guy next to you, he's not going to do anything in the play anyways if you get tackled. just Well, that's what Josh thought, and he got called reckless. Yeah, but that ball went out of bounds, and it stopped the clock. People never say that, and it was a running clock, under a minute to play, and he goes to lateral it back, and it's what tied the game up. If they don't have that stoppage of the clock in that Houston game, that okay, it was reckless, but you know. Yeah. Whatever. yeah. I saw Patrick Mahomes do some pretty reckless stuff, and no one's calling him sugar high. So. No. Well, did you but. see where his girlfriend was telling Chiefs fans to shut up on Twitter? Like the very people that make sure that your husband can make forty-five million plus a year. Like I don't know. That was just when I saw that, I was like, the juju for Patrick is going in the toilet. Like well, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't nearly as bad as his brother doing a TikTok dance on Sean Taylor's uh, memorial. Or wait, what? I don't know if it's just. You yeah, see so, that? no. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's Jackson Mahomes or something like that. There's the I, worst I person ever. You know, like, I'm not going to pretend to understand what's so appealing about watching people do these like two second dances with background music on social media. But anyway, so he he's just like doing one of those dances, and apparently it was like there's a special spot on the field on the sideline, which I don't even know why they're letting Jackson Mahomes on the sideline. I don't know where that's coming from. But he's like doing this dance on uh, this spot of the field that apparently is dedicated to Sean Taylor, which is not so, cool. So they don't have a ring of honor like we do. They have it on their field. So it's it's oh, in, okay. It's enriched on the grass at the stadium. And apparently he posted on Twitter after this and he was told that he would he should stand in the fenced in area on the sideline by security who didn't realize that that was the memorial for Sean Taylor. So he he wrote a, a tweet about it, but that still doesn't mean I don't want to punch him in the face just because he's so annoying. But yeah, uh, <laughs> he also that, dumped water what, on a bunch of uh, was it Ravens fans 
when during the Baltimore game. Manage his face just rages. Yeah. Speaking of punch, <laughs> speaking of uh, individuals, I would like to punch in the face. I will say I would listen to Chris Collinsworth call every game for the rest of my life if it meant I never had to hear Steve Levy call another game. I literally was so close to buying the Manning cast at halftime to to just get rid of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm a SUNY employee. Steve went to a SUNY school. I get it. You know, but like dog. I, Brandon, what were you going to say, man? I'm just, I'm upset. <laughs> no, I was upset that the Mannings took off. They're not going to be on for a couple of weeks. So I was like, we actually have no other option unless I go into my car and listen to the delay and, and like try and pause the video to line up the radio. Uh, just, it was atrocious from the gecko. Oh my God. How many times did he say Jackrabbit on the air? How just many call times? him Janoris, man. Like, I'm oh, sure God. his mother's probably upset. Like, I didn't give him that name so you could call him by his nickname, oh, right? You know? And then just the most egregious thing ever on the last drive, he says, Ryan Tannehill with a veteran play to throw that ball away. The Bills are on offense. Ryan Tannehill doesn't play for the Bills. Josh Allen was in the pocket. Like, how can you make... So, they, they're not... Josh is wearing a white jersey. Like, his name is Allen. It's not Tannehill. They're not even close. Yeah, different syllables. Oh, my God. I just... I looked at the TV, and I, I almost dropped my drink. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Well, I mean, he is the owner of possibly the best sports sender uh, blunder of all time. But also, like, even on that last play, he was like, it looks to me like this could be the last play of the game. No, no, Steve. Like, you really think so? Like, this this fourth and one with 12 seconds left could decide the game? I, I had no idea, <laughs> man. I had no idea. So, Dude, Bill's Mafia takeover is overrated. Like, oh, no. Come on, man. How many Bill's fans did you see there, John? A lot. So, I mean, we were on the visitor side. So our our side was like 75% Bills fans. I saw some stat before the game. It was like 58% to 42%. But I don't know. I, for whatever reason, and I think this is because of some of the in-stadium stuff that they have, like it got louder when the Bills had the ball on that last drive than, uh, th- than it did when the Titans had the ball on that last drive. And, you know, maybe it's because there's time left in the game, but... I don't know. It kind of helps when you have that stadium announcer and they've got all the the lights and the graphics flashing and they're like, get loud, you know, and you know, when you don't have someone telling you to do that, some people are too drunk to compromise. I, I was just like, we walked down Broadway to get to the game and across the pedestrian bridge and there's like four story bars lining the streets and it's just all Bills fans wall to wall. And it was, it really was a takeover and I'm just, I'm surprised that that many Bills fans made it to their seats after drinking from 10 a.m. on. So, like, I, I commend them. I I could not do that. <laughs> but, when was the last time you've been to an NFL game? The last NFL game I went to was with you, I think. I think it was the Browns game uh, in oh, Orchard Park. Yeah, with, with Hogan? Yeah, with both of you guys. We went and tailgated. It was in uh, December of, like, 2016. Yes. Yes. I have the, that picture you, is my screen. It was my screensaver on my phone for a yes, long time. Yeah, that was a good day. And before that, I went yeah. to. Oh my god! I forgot. Oh my god! I forgot you were there for that. That was a cold day. That was. Oh, really that was a cold day. Really cold. Really great. And they were already they were already eliminated because they right. lost the week before. Yeah. But that was the overtime loss. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Sorry, I was gonna say I also went to the 2015 Titans game um, when the Bills were were here for that, but. That game was not nearly as fun as this one was. It was, I mean, I was also in the upper deck for this game. I was down in the club level seats. 
And actually, there was there was a pretty cool moment. I, I so Stefan Diggs, you know how he plays catch with the the people, the fans in the uh, crowd. So I was in the corner where he was doing it, but I was on the second level, and we were in there before a lot of people. So he was playing catch with like Randy Moss because the Monday Night Football set was right there too, and he was thrown to the crowd. <laughs> and he was throwing it to like the camera guys up on the stand. And so anyway, of course I go down to the bottom of my section, get up against the railing. You know, I got my Jersey on and like waving my hands and he, he looks at me, he points and then he like winds up and he tries <laughs> so hard and it fell short. I it almost made it to me, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty tough throw. I think only, only Josh Allen, only Josh Allen could have made it. Perhaps up there, the uh, metaphor for the game. What jersey did you have on? I had, a, I had an Allen jersey on, but it probably, oh, the ball would have made it there if I had a Diggs jersey. <laughs> <laughs> he would have dug deep. Yes. Yeah. A very good metaphor for the game. The ball was thrown beautifully. Two Bills players seeing each other, almost touching fingertips. And then, um, you know, but Brandon and I, Bills fans, if you're listening to this podcast, um, we are going to be at the next uh, Buffalo Bills game after the bye week in beautiful Orchard Park, New York. Um, Halloween. Halloween. It's going to get very scary. Um, I am definitely not going to work the next day. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I got school the next regardless day. Regardless of accruals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins will be dressing up as a folding table for Halloween. So Yes, yes. But That's going to be exciting. We're going to have a good time. I hope it's a, a nice weather day because we are going to watch Josh drop 400 yards. Yeah. 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 I, there's giveaways and stuff for that game too, right? I was, I was reading probably. on the website. Yeah, yeah, probably. Plus, I'll push you in a wheelchair. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> PSA to anybody who is injured or unable to walk. Buffalo Bills has wheelchair service brought to you by Brandon, the wheelchair ambassador. That's Woo. awesome. Scoring touchdowns on ableism every Sunday. Um, <laughs> Inclusion 2022. Yes. Awesome, man. Um, but anyways, the, I, I was going to ask you again, John. Um, like you said, they the the bars and everything like that were were just packed with bills fans did you see the silent count on the first drive of the game for the titans because of all the noise which was awesome yeah oh you don't ever see that it was it yeah. was noisy when both teams had the ball it, it was really loud especially on, on third down and stuff like that and i, I actually got to give the titans credit their uh their pregame show was pretty good they uh like all the Titans fans have the Titans app on their phone. And so you hold up your flashlight and everything's automatically programmed. So everything flashes like sequentially and like it, like everyone's phone is part of the light show and they're doing some really cool like sequencing and uh, you know, like all, all they're, they're like going off in order around the stadium and stuff like that. And they had all the fireworks. They had a live band for halftime. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. And they've, uh, they've got all the led lights now so they can flash the lights you know, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean. I so was, you're saying if Brandon couldn't have made it to Firefly, that would have been a very similar experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's hilarious. But, yeah, anyway, uh, let's work in a Sabres update right here. It's time for the weekly Sabres update. Wait, that that can't be right. This has been your weekly Sabres update. You know, Don Granado. Donnie G. Donnie, Meat, Donnie Meatballs. Donnie Meatballs literally looks like your like high school superintendent who you only see because your your senior prank went wrong. Like <laughs> 
You want to know something that blows my mind, though, with Donnie? He was on Kruger's staff, right? And he has this complete opposite philosophy where he's like, hockey's entertainment. You pay tickets. You pay for tickets. You need to be entertained when you come here. And he's listening to this guy, Ralph Kruger, who managed a soccer team two years ago, talk about we need to dump and chase the puck. We need to grind the other team down. We need to do this and that. And it's like, he's your assistant coach, but he's the total opposite. Like, if you're in the coaching room with this guy, are you just ripping your hair out all the time? Like, Now, let's, let's take a trip back down memory lane, boys. Now, do you remember when we had coach-initialed AF, um, counterpart to our coach, um, simply called BPA. Now, um, those two guys couldn't have been any more different. And the year prior, Mr. Gary Barber, I mean, I already told you to watch the show, bud, and hopefully you are. I mean, him and BPA were like polar, polar, polar opposites, like Santa Claus polar opposites. So I could see it. But I feel like football's <laughs> different in the way that like you want your coaches to be different because DB's coach, you have a lot of different kind of coaches. But in hockey, you only have three coaches, really on the bench during games so it's it's they they have a lot more work together i would say compared to football coaches where they might just get an assignment from your head coach and then to defer it to your position coaches but it's just it blows my mind listening to him talk about how he sat in the room with ralph Kruger for two years and just hey ralph I kind of, I got an idea. Do, do you want to try? Do you want to try to do this? No, Donnie, not right now. Oh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay. A, two years later. Well, best of luck to him, man. And Brando, you know this guy. He plays hockey still at a high level at the uh, Genesee County Men's League. So he's gonna be giving us those, uh, you know, very accurate and heartfelt Sabers updates now that, um, you know, we 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 have an undefeated team still in Buffalo. Um, so. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, well, we already kind of covered Steve Levy and the Monday Night Football crew. Well, I just want to give a shout-out. Go ahead. I want to give a shout-out to Lewis Riddick, um, my dad's favorite Glory Years Buffalo Bills player, Rob Riddick, um, his brother. My dad said that dude was like the goal line back of goal line backs. Like, he would have year stat lines where he'd have like 50 yards rushing and like six touchdowns. Like, he was just like the fourth and one, fourth and two dude. So, you know, I, I can see Lewis... You know, I mean, he's he's Rob's little brother. So, like, had Rob not come to fame in Buffalo, who knows? Lewis might not even be up there calling the game. Yeah, let's go. Do we know what team Lewis Riddick played for? I know he's on the Broncos for a sec. Let me take a look here. I believe he played for the Lions at some point. Oh, I should have guessed that. That's why that was a fun fact for me. That's why I, that's why I brought it up, yeah. You know, I had a student ask me if I was still a fan of the Lions. Oh, like, it so looks sorry. like, uh, what does it say here? He played um, 49ers, Falcons, Bronze, Raiders. Never. Okay. I'm not, no, just kidding. No, I'd be, <laughs> hey, man, you know what? Maybe the Browns or maybe the Lions have a Super Bowl title if uh, Lewis Riddick was on the squad, you know? Um, playing safety. Maybe Barry Sanders doesn't retire. Who knows? Hey, Patty, you got your uh, salute to the standout of the drought ready to go? I do. All right, sweet. I hey, do. so I, do. I think we're going to do, do a little bit. Uh, of something new with this so pat you go ahead and read your standout of the drought but don't tell us who it is and then at the end brandon and i are, are both going to take a guess all right all right oh i'm so excited i got you and uh everyone at home can also guess as we go along ladies and gentlemen today's hero of the drought is a very wealthy man somehow he's still playing in the nfl when he really doesn't have to i mean this guy is so rich 
He has over a hundred million dollars of NFL concessions earned. I mean, he started out, he's a tight end of the University of Arkansas. Very average stats. I'm talking extremely average stats, but he was a good blocker. He had like 300 yards receiving, couple tutties. Bills took a chance on him. Now, when this guy started, he was on the Buffalo Bills practice squad. All right, way back in the day. I'm talking 2003, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, in that 2003 to 2004 season, this guy signed for $39,000. And somehow, now in 2021, he's made over $100 million. This guy, Super Bowl champion, um, counterpart, and uh, potential, well, he was supposed to be the replacement um, for one Reuben Brown. Guy's a Super Bowl champion. Also a very greedy dude who uh, would not stay in Buffalo because he wanted an outrageous contract somewhere else. Um, you know, caught a touchdown. Although he was an offensive lineman in the NFL, he did catch a touchdown in the year 2004, ladies, or I'm sorry, 2005, ladies and gentlemen. Although he was a lineman, this man has two career receptions and one touchdown. So, you guys have any idea who it might be? Just to give you another, uh, just to give you another stat, boys. Um, this guy, in his first game back in the NFL this season, allowed six sacks. But it doesn't matter because he's made a hundred million dollars. Anyways, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to this uh, this week's hero of the drought, boys. You want to guess all who right, it is? Brando, I know you already know, and I. I don't. Oh, you don't? I'm not. All, I'm not 100. I'm not I am 100 percent sure. You said he's still a player. Okay, I, I know who it is, but I'm blanking on his name. It's the left tackle for the Eagles, Jason Peters. Jason Peters. Thank you. Yes, that's it. Jason Peters. Jason Peters. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I was Very debating, well and I'm like, why? <laughs> why do I feel like Andy Levitri caught a touchdown pass in his time in Buffalo? And he I'm might like, have. and also. I was going to say, too, I mean, the guy's a seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time He's a Hall of Famer. Pro, Jason, so, Jason Peters you know. will be in the Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah. I mean... I think Levitri no, might have I don't, I don't know. He's not playing anymore. So as soon as you said still playing, and it was like... But do you remember what he got traded for? Do you remember what he got traded for? He got traded to the Titans, I remember. No. No, he went to the Eagles. Wait, wait to the, he wait got to traded, the Eagles. He got traded to the Eagles, and we drafted... Oh, no, I was talking Levitri. Oh, oh Got Levitri. traded to the Titans. No, I'm talking... Jason I'm, Peters, let's see. I believe the pick that... We got Kyle Williams. Him. Was that the Kyle Williams? Pick? No, because Kyle Williams was in the fifth round. But I was gonna say Marshawn Lynch was a first rounder, but we didn't. I don't admit. Was it Marshawn Lynch? <sighs> That's a guy. I thought. So it looks like it looks like we got a first round pick, twenty um, eighth overall in the 2000, 2009 draft, and then we got. Um, Okay, let's see here. Yeah, it looks like a 2009 first rounder and then um, a couple of second day picks in the 2010 draft. So, yeah, I'm on a Bleacher Report article right now from January 10th of 2010. Nice. <laughs> now, you know, you, you want to know who um, you want to know who was uh, instrumental in this trade? I'm reading right now. Who? Uh, I'm trying to remember Bill's GMs. On the Eagles side, I'm saying, which is interesting. Oh, oh, so they got a first um, and fourth round draft pick. You're right. So um, I'll tell you, this guy is trash. Perhaps the worst football coach and player personnel. I'm, ta I'm talking the guy that when we traded Jason Peters to the Eagles, he was 
working as an offensive quality quality Greg. control assistant. Close, close. I'm not a big Greg Roman fan either, but um, this guy would make Greg Roman look like Bill Walsh. Um, <laughs> Buddy Ryan, I don't know. He uh, he destroyed a rookie quarterback this year, and somehow the guy is still playing all right. But um, he had to stop calling plays, and his team started winning games. Oh, Matt Nagy. Yeah, Matt Nagy was offensive uh, quality control assistant on the Eagles squad. Oh, on the Eagles squad, In, yeah. On the Eagles squad. And he's, Underneath he, Andy he, Reid. Yeah. Now that's what a squad, man. I mean, you got Andy Reid, you got Riverboat Ron. Um, they had some dudes go through there in Philly. Very interesting. But I thought that was interesting that Matt Nagy is the one when they write the retrospective. He's the one talking about the Jason Peters Bills to Eagles trade as if like he was calling dimes for Donovan McNabb and you know. <laughs> So, so we found out that it was Eric Wood that the Bills drafted with the pick that they oh. got from oh. Jason Peters. But hey, isn't it funny that's nice. that Eric Wood had a full career and Jason Peters is still playing? True, yeah, true. That's nuts. I mean, he had that neck injury and stuff like that. He might still be playing if not for that, unfortunately. But And it's not yeah. even, I guess, like, they're both good players too, but that is a good point, <laughs> Jason Peters, like, six years in the league, we're like, oh, we'll trade him, you know, we'll get a young guy and then, you know. Yeah, Eric Wood was down on the Eric Wood was down on the field like less than five minutes before kickoff yesterday. I was like, "What are you doing, bro? Don't you have to be up in the booth?" He was That's talking like today. Brave, man. <laughs> he was talking today about how loud the fans were, and he was taking it in. And he was like, "I never hear silent snap counts at home stadiums unless the Bills are coming to town." And and then they just talked about how we knew the Bills fans could do that, even if there's only thirty thousand of them. We made. Baltimore get false start in the playoff game with 6,700 fans. So, you know, fans are allowed either way if you're all in unison. All right. So looking ahead, we've got the bye week coming up this week, obviously. Then on Halloween, we've got Miami, Jacksonville, and then the Jets. So I don't know what you guys think about that schedule, but I think that sounds like three get right games in a row. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But to quote the legendary rapper MF Doom, on the album Doomsday. This man once said, the more I know, the more I know I don't know shit. So um, hopefully <laughs> hopefully that is um, not a correct uh, take for the season, but um, those Jets did beat this Titans team. So I'm just, I'm praying to God. I mean, last year after that bye, we won nine in a row. So don't want to yeah. leave that negative. No, didn't lose again until the AFC Championship. So I'm hoping in one of these games that we can see some like, I was really hoping we were going to see it last night, 400 yards passing for Josh. And I, I would have, I've never seen it before where three receivers get 100 yards in a game. Sanders, Diggs, and Beasley were all close yesterday, but they didn't hit it. Um, and, and when the Rave, well, when the Titans were fighting back, in my brain, I was never, I thought we were going to win no matter what. I, I was not worried. And I was like, oh, okay, they're going to keep it close so Josh can, can light them up still. And then they, we're hitting these huge chunk plays after chunk plays. I'm like, oh, okay, well, Titans are going to keep it close. And then well, the they, they had a very a similar take to like so. the Steelers just holding on to the ball for a long time. Like they, I think they were a lot of their philosophy was like the longer Josh is off the field, the less we can get burned. And um, it's a, it's a drought bills team strategy yes, to win a game, literally. Um, except in the second half, Ryan Tannehill did go off and you have the, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Hey, we set an NFL time. record though, dude. We, we, uh, we're at 14 games consecutively leading at half, and now we're at 15, man. I mean, standing alone, which, I mean, yes, we've lost a couple of those games, um, regular season games, but, I mean, that's still a pretty cool stat. 
I also saw we are up with the greatest show on turf, and I believe the 2012 Peyton Manning-led Broncos with points per game scored through six games of all-time teams. Hi. Over 30 points in five straight now, right? Yeah. Not I'd assume that the, the point differential took a hit. Uh, you know, that was a stat worth watching up until this point. But hey, you know, we could have another 40-0 to zero win against the Dolphins possibly here. So, you know, something like that. But Hot take. Are the Bills the team that gets Urban Meyer fired? Or Brian Flores, for that matter? I, well, think, I think Brian did a nice job last week of trying to keep Urban in Jacksonville. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so does he? Is he looking? Does he have a, a real estate agent coming to town right now? I mean, you're talking about him being coach of the year last year, two years ago, getting a really good performance out of his team, uh, and now you're just seeing. I don't even know. They're just not good, and Tua is not somebody that I would pick to build my franchise around. Um, so I don't know what to say over or, or who gets cut first, Flores or or Urban Meyer. I don't Both know what Miami. I don't know what Miami ownership thinks of Brian Flores. I mean, I think that. I mean, it's it's, it's tough because now this would be two pretty bad years straight of of really underperforming. But I guess it depends. I mean, if he stays around after this year, I would guess that they give him at least another year or two because they might draft another quarterback or, or try to, and you know, who knows if this, what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson as well. So yeah, it, it's hard to tell, but yeah, I would, I would put Urban Meyer more in the hot seat, not because of his coaching, but because it's like, he's also like, he's, if anyone's going to give his team an excuse to fire him for good reason during the middle of the season it'll be because he he screwed up on a personal level again and they're like okay three strikes you're out buddy and you're a bad coach you know and, well, and I, Dolphins I, players sorry I don't mean to cut you no, off no, 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 Dolphins players like they like Brian Flores like Dolphins <laughs> players aren't coming in like I hate my boss like my That's boss true. is an idiot you know so that would be my I only like Brian <laughs> Flores too and I, yeah. I literally hate Urban Meyer just guys like him just all oh, they piss me off they're why why do they exist and, and why is that like why is she letting that happen at the bar and like he's married the whole concept of it just uh like you can get away with anything oh god so stupid and just so dumb like this man is a head coach he's a he's won national titles and and you're, you're just a dumb dude man like at the end of the day like that's you look yourself in the mirror and you're like oh, I'm, I'm stupid <laughs> How'd you like to be Trevor Lawrence, though? You're like, all right, man, here I go. First overall pick. I'm going to Florida. I'm from the panhandle. Let's let's get going. Going to be seeing my mom and dad every weekend. And then it's like you just signed up for a job. And in the interview, they were like, oh, we like to have a lot of fun here. You know, and then you get the job the first day of work and the entire cubicle's on fire. And your boss is taking a dump on the carpet. I mean, basically, <laughs> and he's like, Trevor, get the fire extinguisher. You got to get the fire department, too, and uh, get the cat out of the tree. Yeah. Trevor's like, I'm 22 years old, man. I don't really know this. <laughs> and he's like, uh, you know, I can't. I'll, I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna stop at this bar real quick. I can't make the plane ride home, but you clean up this fire. You'll be good. You got it. Here you go. <laughs> Shout out to the camera person on that because yeah. they probably they probably got a little like you know their life is a little different now after that video was. Well, also was they had some very still wrists, dude. If I was trying to do that, number one, I would have been hyped like, oh this this sick sob. Let me get my phone out. But like that was very even. I don't know if they had like a selfie stick or what, but that that video quality was unwavering, man. Like it looked like they shot it from a webcam. But um, you know, <laughs> and you know the, the thing is, is what's wild is. 
the stupidity of these men in this league. Think about even 15 years ago, how many people got away with stuff like that because they're not getting recorded at bars with, with cell phones. But think about the, this email scandal. Urban Myers is probably just like, oh, thank God, John Gruden's dumber than I am. So people can talk about him now. And uh, just the, the like, it's on your NFL email address, man. It's like one of my <laughs> students looking up freaking bad Literally. explicit content on their Chromebook. It's like, dude, like, come on, man. Are they're you gonna that look dumb? At, like, they're going to look in the directory and be like, jgruden1 at nfl.com. Um, oh, that's not me. That's my brother. No, John, that's, that's you. <laughs> I don't know, man. And it's like one of those things, too. Not to keep ragging on Steve Levy. You know, Steve, I get it. You never played football. You're from Long Island. The Jets suck. I get it. But, you know, that's the thing with Gruden and the same thing. He was saying there's some good blood with the referees out there. Four of the five referees have fathers that were referees. That's good blood. No, Steve, that's nepotism. And the only that reason John Gruden—that's the only reason. Oh my god, Pat! I didn't even think about that. Watching and the, the only game. reason John Gruden has a job is because his dad was president of player personnel for the Buccaneers. Like, you know what I mean? It's like. I, if he didn't have John Gruden played quarterback at Dayton, but had no Yo, stats, they played one year yeah, and had he, no stats. Yep. <laughs> Who else was there? Uh, the other quarterback that was a pick, he played in the NFL too. Um, he's an analyst now and they compared his stats and, and he had like 40 touchdowns to 20 picks and it was like respectable numbers. And then you get to John Gruden and it's like stats not even listed. <laughs> like he might've been the equipment manager and they listed him as a quarterback. It's like <laughs> that time that I got to play scout team quarterback in football practice for one time yeah, and just let, it. And let everybody <laughs> just hit me. Right. It's like, that's what my role was. I loved it. Cause I got to claim third string quarterback for two hours. And uh, yeah, but, I'm not going on TV and I'm interviewing quarterbacks like I know what the hell I'm talking about. So. <laughs> yeah, I was having uh, on Isaiah McKenzie's touchdown return. I was having flashbacks to watching Pat block somebody in the back after I oh, brought that touchdown back yes, for a touchdown. Yes, viewers, viewers, and my block was much worse. I was so bad. I was literally I leveled gone. that kid, you were but 15 <laughs> yards behind the play. <laughs> John's got his hands up. This is one of the few times that all three of us are on the field together. Cause I rode the bench most of the time, uh, but they had their hands up. John's like running in the end zone. <laughs> this kid's on the ground. <laughs> and Pat's like banging his chest, like yeah, I know it's wrong. I mean, they the kid, he flag. <laughs> oh man, he did take a lick, I will say. But Johnny took a harder hit emotionally because, I mean, you could have put that on your huddle highlight tape and stuff, man. Like that was, I mean, he broke. He had to break three tackles, man. I wasn't even. I was just like, I'm, I see this kid right here. He's running with a hitch. He's running he's with a hitch in his step. <laughs> he's nah, got. Nah. He's bad legged. I'm gonna lay him out. <laughs> no, nah, I'm. I'm glad you did it. This story would suck without that. So yeah. Funny. Sweet. All right. So we'll be back on uh, Friday, Friday morning uh, with our, our pick six pickums, Brando's bets and stuff like that. So uh, took a week off last week because we had to get some stuff ready for some upcoming things, which will not soon. But um, yeah, so we'll be back. Yep. We still did. Uh, we still made picks. So we'll go over those. Not good picks. Yeah. For Brandon, me at least. Brandon had not his first losing picks. record and uh, yeah. Pat and I went 500. So nobody had a winning record. Hey. 
Bills would have helped that out a little bit if they won. Hey, but. my brownies, my brownies took a, a dump on us here. So, and we all picked the Bills, which I am going to pick against the Bills for the remainder of the season, just because. <laughs> just because if we all pick the Bills, that's what happened in the that's what happened in the um, Pittsburgh game too. We were like, oh, we shouldn't say this, but like, Bills by a billion, and then so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they lost. Anyways, oh well. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, if you're on Twitter, at uh, Not Bills Podcast is our handle. Uh, YouTube, same thing, Not Another Bills Podcast. Mm-hmm.